Hey, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? Look, it's Tuesday. You already know what it is. It's Taco Tuesday, the Crank Lab Podcast. Happy hour, you know, whatever you want to call. I don't care at this point, whatever you want to call. But the whole point is you are here on the Crank Lab Podcast. We got amazing, amazing, fantastic episode this evening. And of course, we have a super amazing special guest. So without further ado, we're gonna go ahead and get this show started. Let's go ahead and get the show started. Come on, come on, come on. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? It's Ronnie Francois, the credit hero, the financial literacy advocate, also your favorite credit hero. So, of course, on this episode, it would only be fitting to have your favorite life insurance broker on here. Danielle, welcome to the Credit Lab podcast. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Thank you for being on here. Definitely appreciate you. Um, So the topic for this episode is how can we empower the next generation? How can we empower the next generation on credit? Because we understand that, you know, knowledge is power. And then at some point or another, we had to get that knowledge. We had to pass it down. Um, so some of the stuff that we learned on our own, we learned that sometimes it was the hard way. Sometimes we made like a lot of mistakes, a lot of errors and mistakes, slip trips and falls because our parents didn't pass the knowledge down to us. So that's why it's important to empower the next generation. And of course, Daniel, you know, you're in the life insurance industry, so you, you probably definitely have seen some areas, opportunities where people didn't pass down the knowledge or about insurance or just taking care of the next generation. So, I mean, like I said, I know what you do. Like I said, you are amazing at what you do. You're in life insurance, you've been there for a while. Uh, you're probably like the number one in the state. I mean, I haven't looked at the stats lately, but I know you're definitely up there. If you're not number one, you're probably like the top 10, the top five. So just kind of introduce yourself to our viewers and listeners. Uh, tell them a little about yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. And I would definitely say, Mr. Ronnie, thank you so much for even having me on here. It's such an honor and privilege just to be collabing with you again. Um, now vice versa, because the last time was online. So um, hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Uh, this, 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 oh, my goodness. Just this topic in general. So a little bit about me. Born and raised in Chicago. Um, I've actually been in the life insurance industry for the last four years. And with that being said, you're absolutely right. I've seen so many things that I wish we would have known um, just in general, just knowing that life insurance is not just about death is honestly one of the main ones and all the other things that can be done with life insurance. So that for me. You know, I just, I just, I don't know about being number one in the state. You know, I'm looking to be number one in the entire country, but you know, we'll work on that. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, you're right. My bad. Yeah, well, I'll be number one in your state. We can be number one in the whole United States. So yeah, I guess I was thinking, you know, the micro level. You think on the macro. So I mean, thank you. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna throw that in the atmosphere. You're gonna be number one nationwide. So uh, there you go. There you go. It's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, because we all know that words have power, so we're gonna see. And actually, I was in the, I was actually in the life insurance industry myself for about five years, believe it or not. Um, so, what made the, you get out of it? Uh, you know, be honest with y'all. Since this is a credit lab podcast, I'm the host. I guess I can be honest, right? So, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so so when I would go like you know different neighborhood you know just different call and different people, I noticed that it was certain it was a certain group of people that didn't feel like they needed life insurance. I mean I'm not gonna call out the group or whatever, but they felt like they didn't need it. Um, if you want, you can call them up, but I'm not though. Um, I would say, you know, why you don't get life insurance? They'd be like, oh man, like, I, you know, I don't have no kids, I don't need it, or I'm not about to die anytime soon, or I don't want to leave nothing for nobody else. And I was like, that's kind of crazy. Because if you look at um another race, I'm not calling other race out, like this other race, like that's how they create a generational wealth. Like when someone passes away, they will they will leave. Um, they would actually um, leave something for the next generation. Uh, so one generation will leave a will with some money. The other one leave some bills. Um, so that's 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 one of the reasons why it's a it's a sad reality. It's a yeah, sad it's, reality. That's one of the reasons why I got out of it because I felt like I wasn't really helping enough people. Um, so that's why. I, but I mean, I think I should have stayed in it, but it was just disheartened when I would talk to people that look like me and, you know, like, maybe they probably had a little more hair than I did, but <laughs> with the same complexion, and they didn't take life insurance too seriously. Because if you think about it, we put insurance on our pets, cars, houses, boats. Some people put on the jewelry if they got, like, some nice Rolex in the box. You said oh, goats? No. Um, I said, said boats. I said, I said, boat, yeah, I said boat, yeah, I don't know, like if you live in a if you live out in the country, hey, you might put life you might put life insurance on your goat. That's possible, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we're talking about goat, you can have and some your good animals. Yeah, you, know, you, know? you know, you ever had some good carried goats? I mean goats are very, very uh, very good animals to have. That's besides the point. The point I make is like life insurance is is, a, is so important that we put yeah. on everything else except for our life. And I'm sure since you've been in the industry for a while. You probably some situ- you probably seen some- you probably seen or heard some situations where people wish they had life insurance, you know, but they didn't have and the impact that it had on their life. I'm sure you see some examples of that. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, they think people think that GoFundMe is life insurance, and it's not. <laughs> I mean, that's exact. And the main, honestly, the main reason why I agree to um, to collab with you is because both credit and life insurance is we're not taught this in schools. You know, we're taught once that, for me personally, when I graduated high school, I think I applied, I think Victoria's Secret was my first credit card. Um, <laughs> then I, I got approved for Banana Republic and I just kept going because I was like, oh, I'll just swipe it and, you know, make the payment, not knowing in the long run, that's really not how you're supposed to do it. So that's, that's, honestly why I agree to be on you know like you said to empower the next generation because with that it we learn the hard way but if we can teach the next generation what not to do then that can consolidate the time compress the time and they can get to to be successful faster than what we've um, what we've witnessed and what we've done yeah I definitely agree with you on that like I said just think about you know even if you single or you're in a relationship, you have a you know a good credit score and you got a good life insurance policy. And the thing about life insurance policies, because when I used to do it, we used to focus on like the term, you know, like you know, you buy the term for like a cheap price, and that money you're supposed to save that money. But in the perfect world, like people would like 
buy the term at a cheap price, but they still wouldn't have, they still wouldn't be saving. And then a lot of um, a lot of people think, you know, you have to also have to be, you have to also have to die to enjoy the borrow from the life insurance or but there's different policies where you're able to actually um I forgot the name the exact name of them because I've been out of the game for a while, but there are some policies where you can actually borrow from them, you can invest and then pay back over time. Um so that you want to just kind of just talk about a little bit about the different types of policies and some of the good ones that you would recommend if someone was shopping around for life insurance. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh you know, they're all good. <laughs> Because really, if you if you think about it from a standpoint, you know, life insurance is not just a cookie cutter. You and I know one size does not fit all. And so it's the same thing with life insurance. I offer the entire life insurance portfolio outside of anything variable. Um, and basically just variable is things similar to 401k tied to the stock market where you lose, right? Um, term, you you purchase low and you're covered for high. Um, permanent stays with you forever and it has that cash value that's compounding throughout the years. Um, so people, you know, they, they'll have, pro there's pros and cons to both because term expires, um, permanent policies, you have to, you have to put in more, but with that, the types of life insurance policies and companies I work with have what's called living benefits because okay. it's not just a cash compound. So basically, if anybody, so the reason why I got started four years ago was because my grandmother had Alzheimer's and dementia. We lost her this um, January of last year. And um, the reason why I got involved because she had her having Alzheimer's and dementia, unfortunately, she couldn't get covered. And so um, my agent at the time, now my business partner, um, my mom had me reach out and say, hey, let's get your grandmother covered. It's probably going to be expensive due to her age. I said, no problem. So when I found out she didn't get covered, she, they weren't going to accept her as a risk. I asked, um, so those living benefits that you guys talk about, mm -hmm. had she had one of your policies in place, would she have been able to utilize that? And the living benefits in the event you suffer heart attack, stroke, cancer, dementia, Alzheimer's, you have to be put in a nursing home you can tap into those living benefits 80 to 90%. And so instead of my parents having worked extra hours at work to be able to care for my grandmother, my grandmother would have that would have had that nest egg that they can pull from to be able to make the proper adjustments and alterations in the home to be able to care for her. Well, that's definitely a game changer. Like, so you don't, something, you know, life changing happy, you're going to actually tap into that. I mean, that's, that's definitely super awesome. Cause like I said, it wasn't always like that years ago. Um, you know, the market was just so limited to what you could do, what you couldn't do. Now that's good. Cause you know, like I said, if you got a pre-existing condition or if you had a certain age, you know, like a lot of companies would not even want to deal with you. So that's a good thing that they are opening up for like a lot more people. That's super awesome. And like you said earlier too, piggyback what you said, like a lot of people think of um a GoFundMe is a life insurance policy and and it's not the exact same thing and sometimes too i've heard the stories like you know the gofundme you know people sometimes once you get like a lot of money in that thing they would just like freeze that money for whatever reason they would just make something up but let's just say you're trying to raise like fifty thousand of some crazy reason you raise like five million they're like oh that's too much money so um so there's some pros and cons that go fund me um 
So that's one hundred percent. Yes, that's definitely that's <laughs> never that's never supposed to take the place of life insurance. That's mm -hmm. definitely so. Um, like so, the company that you with, if someone wanted to become an agent, how is it like an easy process or a difficult process to become a life insurance agent? It is super easy. Um, you would just partner with our firm. I would have. I would. I was actually. Um, the, this is where you can Google me now. <laughs> Um, I was a top licensing coordinator getting people licensed. Um, I was actually number two in the entire nation in getting people licensed. So you would just get a license in your prospective state. Once you take that test one time, uh, you can actually apply to any other state that you like because they practice reciprocity. So long as you're licensed in your home state, you can get licensed in different states. So I'm licensed in over 20 different states. Okay, cool. That's, that's super dope. So you only got a few more to go. Um, yeah, so we about to take a commercial break because we got some bills to pay. And when we come back, I'm talking about the, the process I had to go through when I got licensed years ago. Support of people of color begins with support by people of color. Introducing Melanin People. Melanin People is a new, innovative new social media platform people of color from all around the world. It's a place for us to interact, showcase our talents, express our passions, share our cultures, and do business, both locally and internationally. Download the Melanin People mobile app now. Connecting people of color. Oh, hey, okay, welcome back, welcome back. That was an awesome commercial. Hey, they probably got your company in there, um, on that commercial too, right? Oh, probably. Um, yeah, so before we went on this commercial, before we went on a break, you're talking about the process. I remember when I um, took my test like years ago, I don't know, it was probably a long time, I don't know how long it was, but like I literally like had to study like crazy and because I took it one time and I think I missed about like, because it, it was two parts. I think it was like a, a general in like a state or something like that. It was like mm -hmm. two parts. Like, I don't know if it's still the same. Yep. But I had passed one part and I had missed the other part by like, I think like three questions or whatever. And and then I, I was a little devastated back then. Jeez, I'm like, I really want to get my license. I really want to get my license. And I remember like it was yesterday. I literally like studied for, I think it was about like 12 hours. Like literally just sat at the computers. And then also, because you could take like a practice test. And as you take the practice test, like once you get like a passing score, it would tell you he was ready, and I and I kept taking, kept taking. Like I said, I took it for like about twelve hours, and that's how I was able to pass it. Um, I mean, of course, there's probably people out there that spell like a lot smarter than me that probably you know got hundred percent the first time they took it, but it was definitely uh, it was definitely a little hard for me when I took it um, years ago though. So so kudos to the people that pass it the first time they take it, uh, because if you're not a real good test taker, you might have to study like twelve hours like I did. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so when it comes to credit, around what age did you kind of like learn about credit or financial literacy? I'm like, did your parents teach you, or you just came out the box? You just knew everything already? Um, none of the above. <laughs> I I think I probably really started learning financial literacy um, and credit. I I want to say when I was about twenty five, twenty six. So a little over 10 years ago. Well, that's good. Um, I think I learned about, I really started paying attention to credit when I got my first car. That was like a long time ago because I wrote in my first book 
Um, it was a little embarrassing, actually, but I wrote it in the book, so I guess everybody know about it now. I went into the car dealership. I think it was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, the, the sunlight was still out. And when we got done, it was like 9 o'clock, 9.30. It was like locking the door. That's how long it took them to run my... Because, you know, when you go, if you got bad credit, got to run and run and run and, you know, to, they'd be like, somebody, please help this guy with... Right. <laughs> not let you leave out here without a car. It don't care. It don't matter if it's like 30% interest. You leave with something. Yes. But it's just working, working. Because if you got decent to get credit, you know, you can go right in, boom, and be out like, like in 20, like 30 minutes. But they kept working, working, working with me. And it was, it was just crazy. It was kind of like embarrassing, but it was like a good feeling. Because I'm like, look, it's almost 10 o'clock at night. Spent like almost a whole shift here just, you know, doing whatever I was doing. At least I got a car. And I think years down the line, I'm like, look at the interest rate. It was like, it was some, it was like over like 20%. Um, so I was paying like almost like four cents for the car, and then four cents for car insurance. So it was like almost like a thousand dollars just for the car and insurance. So, so credit is definitely important because I didn't really learn. It. I mean, so once I did that, then I made some more mistakes down the years down the line. Then I was like, you know what? Maybe I should start paying attention to my credit because like my family didn't really teach me about credit neither. Um, so I oh, let me correct myself. So I do have an older brother. He did used to always say, pay your bills on time. He did used to always say that. But he never explained why I had to pay it on time. So you know how like right. when you're yeah, you know how like when you're a teenager, you know, somebody tell you do something and they don't tell you why you should do it. Because back in the day, I mean parents probably do it now, but back in the day, parents and grown ups, they didn't explain it. So they just tell you do something. They just expect you to do it. Um so Because I said so. Yeah, exactly. So but if he would have took the time to say, hey, look. Your payment history is 35% of your credit score. That's why you should pay it. And I'm like, all right, cool. That makes it a little... I mean, who knows? I probably still would have ignored him anyway. But the point... <laughs> the point is, if you would have explained a little bit better, it would have made more sense to me. So I think that's why I was a little... That's why I didn't really pay no attention to it. But once I realized how important it was, start studying, started researching, and then I started writing books. I um, just wanted to make a positive impact out there. Um, so... And then also work with like community, um, nonprofits, school teachers, educators, and I'm sure you know which industry you work with, like the community, uh, nonprofits, school teachers. Do you work? Do you do stuff like local community events? Work a local community, um, maybe like nonprofits, stuff like that, right away. So I've done I've done mostly pop ups, partner with uh, different small businesses in the area, just doing pop ups and educating the communities because you know, they're, they're real quick to, to, people are real quick to go into the community, to go door knocking, say, hey, you got to get this vaccine, but we're not quick to go door knocking and get into our community to educate about what's most important, which is financial literacy and getting ahead financially. Exactly. I, I do, I do agree with you on that. When it's something that the government support, I don't want to say they'll shove it down your throat, but they will kind of like shove it down your throat. <laughs> and they'll kind of like make you do it. But if it's not something that they're going to benefit from, they're not really going to push it. But you got to think about like, just imagine if like most or everybody had like good to decent credit. Like the banks, they wouldn't be making no interest. I mean, you know, even though they say, even though they say that, you know, they want people with good credit, but at the end of the day, banks actually love people with bad credit. Yeah, I actually said it on here. Banks love people with bad credit. So you got to think about it. If somebody comes to the bank, they got decent, excellent credit. They're going to pay zero to no interest, right? 
But if they got a bad credit, they could be paying like 5%, 10%, 20%. So at the end of the day, secretly behind closed doors, they're like, man, we need some people with bad credit to come in here today. But they're not going to say out loud, though. But So that's why I don't... Yeah, that's why the government really don't push financial literacy because at the end of the day, they are profiting off the backs of people with bad credit. So, But not only that, they're not only profiting off people that have bad credit because of that interest rate, but banks actually are, Bank of America, there's a statistic um, that Bank of America has is the number one bank that owns life insurance, making money off life insurance. Mm. Because they're using whose money? The people that put the money in the bank, exactly. Bingo. But yes. nobody's educating our people on this. Exactly. I think I, I did see a couple of stories about that. They were saying like a lot of the banks they invest their money into life insurance. Um, so I did see a couple of stories about that. I didn't I didn't really know if it was true, and I just thought it was like so no conspiracy theories and stuff. But somebody no, did that's that, <laughs> Yeah, and that's what happened to you. Like when you put your money in the bank, they don't put in a little box and put your name on it. They take that money, invest that money, or they let somebody else borrow that money. That's why, like, if you go into the bank and you say, "Look, I want to take out like ten thousand, they're like, "Oh, give us a little time because you got you got to scrape this money together for you because we don't have ten thousand sitting around, sir. Come back days because they don't have your money, and a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, so. That's why it's important to invest in life insurance, you know, because, again, that's how you create generational wealth, because you want to break that cycle, because at the end of the day, when you're dead and gone, you know, you want to leave a will instead of a bill. And again, like you said earlier, a GoFundMe is not the place. It's not a replacement for life insurance. And I don't think a lot of people know that um, they're going to come to that. So speaking of money, um, if you became a billionaire overnight, would you? how would you change the world? Oh my goodness, if I became a billionaire overnight, how would I change the world? Honestly, I would go to the countries and even in our in our backyards, right? And and fix fix water wells, um, be able to bring not just food but livestock because you want you wanna teach people to fish, essentially. You wanna teach them how to fish. So I would say just bringing food to those areas in in a form of livestock and being able to fix their wells and teaching them um, just the the benefits of of working life because it's it's not what it was back in the day you know so many of these third world countries they're used to living a certain way and all they need is literally just something simple as clean water um, and food nearby. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a good answer because, like, because you know, I ask, you know, a lot of my guests that same question, and no one ever says uh, the well and the livestock. No one ever said that. That's pretty cool because, like I said, again, if, if you give a man a fish, eat for a day, you teach him how to fish, eat for life. So that's a pretty good answer. Um, I never would have thought about that neither. I would, I would probably think about just uh, donating some money to nonprofits or any world hunger, but I never would have thought about, like, teaching them how to make the food, grow the food. So that's definitely super awesome. Um, so so uh, have you had a chance to read any one of my books yet? Or I have not had a chance. I have not sat down. I actually, uh, I downloaded one of them because I, I know you sent me one of them. Um, yeah. And I think later on you sent the second one. Yeah, I but I think I'm that. like three books behind. 
I should be reading. All right, look, I didn't mean to put you on spot like that. You're the first person I ever asked that on on the podcast. Oh, no. You're good. Listen, I'm not going to fake the fun and say, yes, Mr. Ronnie, I've read it. No, I'm very transparent. It's literally on on my list of the next three books to read because I want to be able to offer. I don't want to be the professional. You're the professional. I just, but I wanted to, I want to be able to give that foundation to be like, hey, credit is important. This is why. And I got a guy. Well, thank you. I definitely appreciate that. Um, so uh, speaking of book, I actually have three books coming out this year. And so normally when I have a book that come out, you know, I have put on Amazon or whatever the case might be. And I usually have like a set price that's going to be. But this book, I actually, I wrote this book maybe like two years ago. But I just recently pulled up on my computer today. I've been tweaking it. And it's actually, it tells you how to fix your own credit. Um, so when I bring out this book, it's going to be very unique. So for the first 30 days, when that's, when this book come out, I'm going to make it free to anybody that wants. That's what I'm going to do. So the book is, is a, is a do it, it's a do-it-yourself credit repair book. But as mm-hmm. I said, the thing that's going to be different is like when it comes out for the first 30 days, Anyone that reaches out, I will give them a free copy of the ebook. So um, just watch out for this book when it comes out. I can't give out the title because um, by the title, somebody might steal the title and just write their own yeah, book. Yeah, no. <laughs> but you heard it here live on the Credit Lab podcast. I do have one of my books that's coming out. I think I'm bringing it out sometime in March. It's a, a credit repair book. You do it yourself. And this book, when it comes out for the first 30 days, Anyone that want a free ebook copy will get a free ebook copy. And also, too, if you subscribe to my Instagram page, whenever I have any of my books come out in the future, you will automatically get a free ebook copy. That's right. If you subscribe to my Instagram page, going forward, any book that I have come out, you automatically get a free ebook copy. Because again, I just want, I just like giving back to the people, just finding a way to give them back. Uh, because again, you know, God put all this knowledge into me. So I just want to give back. And just like you said, a lot of times you be popular throughout the community because you want to give back. And, and that's what it's really about, just making a positive impact. Like, you know, like you said, you want to become the number one agent in the United States. So one of the ways of doing that is because the more God bless you, the more you want to bless other people too. So definitely. So just tell us, like, if anybody wants to reach out to you for your service or even possibly, you know, getting licensed through a company, what would be the best way to connect with you? Uh, the best way to connect with me, honestly, you can you can send me a message uh, to my phone, my personal, this is literally my personal number. I have no problem giving it out, 773-822-4837. Or you can follow me, um, if you can't reach me there, you can reach me at my Instagram page at Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E underscore C-I-B. And I would actually, um, I'll respond to your messages. I've had quite a few messages. I'm still catching up on. <laughs> I think I need an assistant. Um, yeah, actually, um, I have a good virtual assistant. She's pretty cool. Um, if you ever want her, I can definitely put you in contact with her. I mean, again, Daniel, like, so you definitely get some good information. So is there any last word that you want to, any like Jews and nuggets that you want to give out to the viewers, listeners, people that's watching the replay? At the end of the day, nobody's going to care more about yours and your family's legacy than you. Oh, that's so good, stop man. depending on other people and actually make that effort to do it yourself. We have, you have you, 
for credit, you have me in life insurance, um, and you have both of us on how to make additional income for your family. So, well, that's definitely good. And you heard it here live on our Credit Lab podcast on this episode. How can we empower the next generation? You had your favorite life insurance broker agent. You had your favorite credit hero up on here. So we definitely, hopefully, we made a positive impact on your life. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Like I say, you might have an $8 million life insurance policy. You might have an 850 credit score, but maybe might be somebody in your household that might need these services. Definitely, you know, reach out to Danielle. She's the best of the best. And, of course, reach out to me. You already know I'm your favorite credit hero. So, um, again, definitely want to appreciate for having you on here. Again, thank you for our viewers and listeners. Definitely appreciate you. Until the next time.